This is The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey, everyone. Welcome uh, to the podcast this morning. This is Patrick Donahoe. You're listening to The Wealth Standard Radio, and we are on episode 136. And we have some interesting stuff to talk about today. And I have a uh, good friend of mine and uh, advisor here at the office, uh, Noah Kelsch. Hey, no, what's going on? Patrick, how are you doing today? I threw this on you uh, kind of last minute. Yeah, and that's I told okay. You, hey, hey, man, we're going to talk about the post office. <laughs> we're going to talk about... Uh, so did you know... So I got these... This was... Man, when was this? Maybe two years ago? I got this these text messages, like four or five in, yeah. in a row. And they're like, hey, did, are you the comptroller? Are you are you the postmaster oh, yeah. general? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what the yeah, heck? Yeah, Patrick. So, yeah, yeah. Donahue, Donahue, right? Donahue, so not to be yeah. confused with you know the spelling of my name, right? Right. But, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's he, I don't know if he did a very good job with uh, with the post office. But we're gonna we're gonna talk today about uh, about an article that I came across uh, on uh, Simon Black's blog, and I love mm-hmm. I love Simon. Simon's very intelligent individual. I've met him a, a number of times on the Real Estate Guys Radio. Uh, their their crews, the Summit sure. at Sea that they do every yeah. year. Uh, he's you know mysteriously appeared. He this is you know Simon Black is not his real name. He has this. It's his like alter his alter ego. Alter ego. You know, so uh, I do know his name, but I won't you know let the cat out of let, right. let the cat out of the bag. But fascinating guy. R- writes some of the stuff he writes is is brilliant. But he uh, he lives he lives uh, outside the U.S. and he's really big on. Um, on, on teaching people, you know, having bank accounts outside the U.S. and owning property mm-hmm. outside the U.S. and living outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that, he's a fascinating guy. Came across this article that he uh, uh, that he had written that the the post the Postal Act, a new Postal Act, uh, wants to turn the post office uh, from not just a post office, but into some sort of a financial services company, whether it's taking deposits or doing short term loans or, yep. or long term loans. So I, I looked at it. I'm like, huh? Why why would they? You know, why would they do that? Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that today, and okay. then we're going to get into uh, just some of the market volatility that's going on right now, and uh, we're going to get into uh, the bond market. Talk about uh, Japan, and and mm-hmm. uh, they've decided to kind of go into negative territory where you don't get paid for bonds anymore. You have to pay to have them. Right. <laughs> so negative interest rates. Jeez. Uh, and then finally, we're going to wrap up with typically what we we do on this show, which is listen. Chaos is a sign. What's it a sign of? It could be a sign of a lot of uh, anxiety. It could be a sign mm-hmm. of uh, fear. But most individuals understand that when there's blood in the streets, what do you do? You buy, right? Yep. So there's always opportunity yep. regardless of the circumstances. So we're going to get into personal development. And I know, Noah, you just went through um, some uh, intense personal developments. Yep. We can talk about that and how you know how that affects who we are and the value we provide sure. and what we think about, how we perceive things, how we control ourselves, especially our emotion. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into all that today. Hopefully awesome. we can wrap up. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tease you because I'll announce uh, next week's guest. I actually pre-recorded the podcast uh, today, but it is he is a fascinating guy, and so next week's uh, podcast is gonna be with uh, with this individual, and I'll let the cat out of the bag on that one at the end of the podcast. Okay, so let's get into uh, the post office, right? So, so when you hear the post, no, no, I came to you. I said, okay, no, I'm gonna do a podcast on yep. uh, on the post office. What was your what was maybe your first reaction to that? Uh, why are we doing a podcast on the post office? <laughs> I was like, well, I want to talk about the other Patrick Donahoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I went to do, you know, I said, you know, they're, and I, I, I kind of got a, a weird look from me, but, but I said, you know, we're, they're, they may start doing some banking services. Sure. Right. So what did you, so what's your, your first impression there? And then what, what are some of the things that you researched? You know, uh, first impression was, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, another government entity, um, trying to, trying to make sense of, uh, the economy again and, and trying to trying to fix something that uh well and, and we know the post office has been under budget for or uh, not, yeah, they're not, not 50 under budget, billion they, they're in debt yeah. right and mostly because of 
their obligations to previous employees, yeah. right? Pen- pensions and promise obligations yep. that they have to, they're contractually obligated to, to pay out. The only way they can get a- get around that is uh, through bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. So initially, initially when, when I, uh, when you first said something about it, I thought, geez, what, you know, what, where are we going here? Where are we going this time? This is a, you know, another, another harebrained idea by the government to, to, uh, to, you know, add more taxes on the, yeah, so I thought, the people. As I thought about it, I'm like, you know, it might it might be a smart decision that I caught myself. But the first thing is, okay, so if I if you're you know, if you're the the person charged of, you know, you're a postmaster general or you're mm-hmm. you know, some you know, part of uh, part of Congress that it's oversight. So what would you start and I don't know the backstory here. I mean, if you wanna we'll we'll refer we'll probably reference Simon's uh, Simon's blog in here. Um, but uh, but if you go, you know, look in there, I'm sure there's some some details in that in that regard. We may re- read into some of the some of the research. Um, but you know, ultimately, the idea is, you know, there are 50 billion dollars in in debt. So the first thing mm-hmm. I thought about, I'm like, huh, that's interesting because, you know, on a bank's balance sheet, what is a debt? Debt is an asset. Debt, that's an asset. So I thought about, okay, well, if I were the you know the postmaster general, where um, my alter ego was, my it's, <laughs> it's one of those. What, what would I what would I do? Okay, bank that is that it could. It could be brilliant, right? If yeah. they were able to, to to offset that and be able to leverage the the debt that they have on the books, yeah. So I don't I don't know what the intention is, and I haven't really gone into it. But let, let's kind of go through, um, you know, the idea of what the post office does. The post mm-hmm. office does what? They deliver they deliver mail, yeah, deliver right? mail. And you know, the idea why they keep you know the, the government continues to uh, to want this service is because they think that the public you know, need, needs the service, right? right? And there's no, you know, who else would come up with a solution to deliver stuff to a person's house? Yeah. Right. And yeah. clearly that there's a number of services that do that. Sure. But in the end, you know, they've kind of propagated this idea that we need, uh, we need these services and we're, you know, people have always had received mail. We can't just stop the mail. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where they've just continued to, you know, to, to exacerbate the problem. So mm-hmm. the idea behind, you know, the post office is that they deliver packages, they deliver, um, you know, letters and so forth. Yep. And, they, and they charge for that, you know, stamps and postage and so forth. But yep. they've run a, a huge deficit. I mean, no, there are not many companies that would survive, right? If they had, if they were in the hole and accumulated losses of, of $50 billion, yeah. right? Yeah. They would be bankrupt, Absolutely. right? And their stock price would be nothing, right? Yeah. There's nobody would buy, oh yeah, they're going into debt every Now, if they're backed up by the government, right, then it's it's another story, right? Sure. Similar to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, where you have that, you know, kind of quasi-government entity, which if they do start to fail, there's a backstop there. Yep. And that really, you know, it, it thwarts the idea behind the market, right? Yeah. Because you can't really value it because if it wasn't valuable, then the government wouldn't make it valuable. So it's, yeah, it's anyway, one of those conversations. Yeah. So the post office, you know, they, they've done a terrible job with their finances sure. and, you know, the benefits that they, that they just didn't make, make any sense. Um, and now we're in the pickle that we're in. So if you were the person trying to solve this, this problem, then it might be a good, a good solution. So, yeah. but then I stepped back and I said, what, one of the, what are the things you said about the government trying to get into business or trying to compete yeah. With other services, because there are other services out there, right? There are other banking yeah. services. There's, you know, the bank. We talk about banks all the time, but there's other, you know, short-term lenders. There's mm-hmm. other banks. So, what makes the government, you know, different? What is their proposition? Uh, how is it different than with, you know, other other free market type of entities that come that come out of the woodworks and start lending money? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know that there would be any. I mean, about the only difference is they're they're going to be they're going to be everywhere the post office is everywhere they service everywhere and so and so they do they do kind of have a have an advantage there they do um but also also one you know when i was looking at when i was looking into it a little bit 
one thing that I that I that, that caught my eye was was um, the focus on on going after these uh, or competing directly competing with these predatory lending institutions, mm-hmm. uh, and and the payday services, which uh, which you know they they decimate a lot of, I mean the people who use them, they're in a lot of financial trouble a lot yeah. of times. No, that's a good so point. Yeah, and yeah. those because you look at you know payday lending, and it is. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are. I, I look back in the in the day, mm-hmm. um, but it is. I mean, you have. I don't think there's any cap on interest rates in, in Utah, right? Some yeah. some states have caps on what can be you know, the right. uh, usurious laws, uh, but in, I know in Utah there's, there's no cap, yeah. right? So you can be charging hundreds, thousands of percent interest, yeah, because they don't do it as an interest rate; they do it as a percentage of what you're you know what you're borrowing, yep. exactly. and then the, and the money you're paying back. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. So the the idea is, you know, will they be able to provide that type of service maybe for a cheaper rate? So I would say, yeah, they, they could. And yep. I think it's a great way to, to raise cash because they need money and they sure. have a ton of debt on their balance sheet which can be turned into an asset. So that could you know that could be a solution. But then your point, which I didn't think about, all the locations they have and people are already there. Why not provide another service? Yeah. All right. So now what, it, was it, what does it come down to? Well, the government took over student loans. How are student loans doing? Ah, yeah. You know, those are ter- <laughs> terrible, yeah. right? And the default rates and you're lending money to people with really no, hardly any strings attached. Now, there are the student loans, but yeah. the idea is, you know, when a when a free market bank is lending to somebody, they have underwriting standards, right? Yeah. They want to know their background, their credibility. Yeah. That, I don't know what the underwriting standards are going to be for the, the post office, but in the end, the idea behind a free market company is that there are consequences if if they don't make the right decisions. Yeah, they, they, and what are those consequences? They, they go out of business. Go out of business. Right? Their investors lose money. Yep. Okay. So how is how is the post office different? Well, that's you know, and that's and that's really what it what it comes down to. It's it's uh, it it sounds like a great idea. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be another service provided that the post office. I mean, it it sounds like a natural fit. Yeah. And it's been and it's been done in the past, yep. but no, it's not going to work. I mean, <laughs> it's like the the track record. You, know, you look at look at the track record. You know, yeah. Homeland Security, the VA, TSA, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on TSA. <laughs> then you you look at you know the VA, right? All the issues they've they've had. Yeah. Uh, you look at Social Security, right? They're the the inflows versus outflows is in the tens of billions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, per year. So it's crazy. It, to, to for us to think, oh yeah, the postal service, oh yeah, sure, we'll give them give them some money because in the end, who knows what's going to happen, right? Maybe they yeah. they they pull this one off the, for the first time, you know, in, in history. For the first time but, in history, you know. But the idea is, you know, really, who's going to be on the hook for the inefficiencies? It's going to be the taxpayer, the, the taxpayer, right? And as if we didn't have enough on our plate, you know, we have uh, ten thousand people turning sixty five every day and, mm-hmm. and are about to collect social security. Yeah. Uh, we have crazy markets, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, we have massive government deficits, and they're building every single year because they're spending more than they bring in. Yeah. Uh, and then you, anyway, there's all sorts of issues that exist. Throwing one more issue into the fire, I mean, goodness, I don't know what the final straw is going to be. Maybe this is, maybe the post office is the final straw. Hopefully, Patrick Donahoe is out of a, there you the go. Post, or Donahue is, is not the postmaster. I, I actually don't think he is anymore. No, I don't think he is. Uh, but the idea is, you know, it's it's one of those things where, why, why, it's just, come on. I mean, why, why isn't there, why are they allowed to do this? Throwing good money after bad. Yep. Continually. I mean that's that's what the government's good at. It. Yep. Okay, so the that's interesting. We'll we'll link uh we'll link to Simon's Simon's article. It's not it's not very long, but you know in the end it's it's one of those things where you know who knows who knows what's gonna happen. Who knows if it even passes? Um, yeah. But if it does, you know it's one of those things to to keep an eye out. Yeah. Oh, keep an eye sure. on. Okay, so let's move on to our uh, uh to our next topic. So you uh you're meeting with a, a lot of people um lately, and so I'm sure you get to have conversations about. 
the the worries and the anxiety that people have about money that they have invested. So, oh, yeah. what are your what's your take from kind of the from the main street perspective of just kind of what's going on in the markets? Uh, you know, there's there's just every, everybody's nervous. Um, everybody, there's nobody that's sure about the market anymore. It's you know, and, and most of them are, especially if they're especially if they're um, risk averse. They're looking for an alternative. Oh yeah, they and they're forced to. I mean, I mean, look at the market. It's you never know from one minute to the next whether you're going to be, you know, up or down. I mean, it's it, it's bad. It seems like it seems like there used to be uh, you could guess it a little bit, but anymore it's just it's just crazy. Well, there's so many of those X factors and anomalies, right? Well, and it and it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense what it's doing based on based on the uh, you know I mean. Uh, you, you hear the the world economy going to crap and 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 the stock market's on the rise. It's mm-hmm. like what? Yep. How does that correlate? There's there's absolutely no correlation to anything. Yeah. Well, a lot of you know, and it, and there's the thing is there's I would say there's there's too much correlation, right? Because you don't know what is correlating with what. And yeah. when you do make a decision on one correlation, it could be totally thrown off by another correlation. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know you get into to statistics, but I think you know in in large part you know what was the what's the nature of the market? The market is a you know a, a place to value a company, right? To sure. value ownership, to value equity, um, and then the ownership of those shares will sometimes receive dividend depending on the company. I mean, it's it original makes intent, sense. Yeah. It, the original ten makes so much sense. I mean, I loved owning owning you know owning stock in a company like Apple or yeah. or, or Google. I mean. Or Microsoft. I mean, mm-hmm. how understanding what they're doing and how they're innovating, yeah. right? It makes sense from a very basic level. But then you look at computerized trading. Uh, you look at the options market. Yeah. Uh, you look at the ability to to short, which is buying buying shares and uh, at one price and selling at another. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's all sorts of ways in which the market has been manipulated. Plus, you have you've had these uh, you know mutual funds created and target date funds and ETFs and you know a lot of things essentially make an impact. And then yeah. you throw in the fact that our world is becoming more. Connected connected, right? And so when something happens in, in Asia or something happens in the Middle East or something happens in Europe, right? It, it all comes, you know, they come, everything comes home to roost, right? right. In the, in the U S. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things where you don't, you have no idea where, where it's going to come from. Um, well, yeah. for, and that's, I would say that that is for the average individual. Most individuals are not, you know, reading periodicals. They're not reading blogs. They're not really keeping up on the money they may have invested. Mm-hmm. And, and that is really where it's, it's a, it's a gamble. It's a casino. Well, not, not just that Patrick, but, but the fact that there's so, there's so much money that's been thrown at it. Mm-hmm. It's you know where where is the true value of these companies, mm-hmm. because because there's 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 so much money that's been thrown at it over the years, um, where where are they going to put that money? Yep. They and just they just keep they just keep driving the price of the stock up, but are the companies? I mean, I mean, would that reflect the true value of the company? And yeah, it was interesting. There was uh this and I, I talked about this on the a couple podcasts back, but we were at uh, the the Tony Robbins business business mastery. Uh, event a uh, few weeks ago and and uh you know there was a you know the keith cunningham was a speaker there and keith cunningham is a you know he's an accountant and um very knowledgeable about the the tech you know technical and and i guess fundamental analysis of of companies but he Mm -hmm. was going through the analysis of wall street uh, analysts on enron 
And right. it was like following all the analysts' remarks all the way from the point at which it was at its pe- at super high point mm-hmm. to its demise into bankruptcy. And analysts were like, everything looks good, everything yep. looks good, everything oh, looks yeah. good. But then he went in and looked at, you know, the balance sheet, he looked at, you know, other things that were going on beyond the surface. And even though the stock price, you know, was was doing certain things, you looked at all the operations of the company and it was in, you know, in disarray. But oh, most yeah. people do not know how to go in and actually and read those and look at what's what's going on. Because that information is public. Yeah. But then it's going in and trying to decide for what, the, what what does it say not only that but but i mean most people don't invest personally yeah most people are investing most people uh, give their money to somebody, somebody else, else to invest, invest or, or, or whether different it's a mutual fund manager or an advisor or yeah that's yeah and that's primarily what the relationship is it's a relationship of trust and it's trust between you know the person that's making the money and the person that's supposed to be investing it so you're right most people that think they're they're investing are not they're essentially just handing their money over uh-huh. to yeah. a you know a supposed uh, a qualified professional, investor. right? So, okay, so yeah, that's I mean, and that's in in large part. You look at you know mutual funds and the limitations they have to to trade and 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 understand how to use different sideway uh, sideway or um, or downward movement type of strategy. Just you're not allowed to do that with uh, right. um, with mutual funds. So the idea, anyway, looking at the market, I mean, there's so many different things that could they could affect it, but mm-hmm. because most people are not investing. They're invested, but they're not investing. Right, is really puts them in a in a, in a conundrum. So really I would does. I would say you know you you look at why why this is the case, right? So I, I always ask the question why, like why? Okay, so if the market got killed in two thousand eight two thousand nine, mm-hmm. all the sign you know you read headlines and it's hard for people to miss these headlines or see their statements, right? You know, especially I think it was yesterday yesterday so it was, it was um, money this week where or maybe it was even today I don't know. But the the Dow was like down four hundred, then it came back, and then it went. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is people are watching it. People know or know what's going on, but they can't control or do anything about right. it. The, the majority of people. So what drives them to continue to do it? So I have a theory, but I want to I want to hear your based on some of the experiences that you have uh, have had. Like why why do people keep doing it? Like what's um, the what's the reasoning there? I think you know I, I think a lot of the reason is because they feel like they 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 feel like there's no there's no alternative. Like it, like okay. like it's the best best option they have. It's the only option they have. Yeah, yeah. So I and I would say, you know, I would say you're right. And then, but people can, you know, there's they can start to do some do some research. But still, when they do have other options, does it really mean that they're going to shift gears? And that's and that's hard to say too, because because you're going against the grain. Yep. Because I would say if you do. Because I would say, I mean, I've I've you know th- this idea. I've been fascinated recently with the idea be- behind. Uh, how the there's some simple basic needs that human beings have. And we always we've mm-hmm. talked before about Maslow and and you know the hierarchy of needs that, sure. that Abraham Maslow. But the idea behind kind of human needs and and what causes us to make decisions, right? We have there's we have an idea in our mind about this idea this idea of certainty, right? So we want mm-hmm. certainty where you know we you know our family's protected or our yeah. our home we have our home, right? Or we have our car, it's paid mm-hmm. off. Or, you know, we have, you know, three months of, of savings in the bank. That gives us this sense of certainty. Sure. But there's another very fascinating need, which is the need for uncertainty, right? And this is the whole variety. We need experience. We, right. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be boring if we didn't have that, Absolutely. right? So I, so I look at, you know, there's this kind of, you know, there's this conflict, these two conflicting needs that are going on with individuals in their retirement plans, right? And the first one is I need to prepare for my future because I right. want certainty in the future, yep. right? I want money. I want it to be there so I don't have to work anymore, okay? But then it's conf- it's conflicting with uncertainty because people 
naturally like not everybody, but some people like to gamble. Right. right. They like the odds and they like, you know, look at the Super Bowl this past weekend. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, I know that, you know, Vegas had odds against, you know, Carolina. Sure. So it's like, you know, you can imagine the people that are like, oh, they're on edge and it's so exciting because yep. they have skin in the game because they are really thriving on this need for uncertainty. So I think that is, there's a lot of that going on inside the market and why people continue to invest because they want a certain financial future. But yet they still want to meet that need of uncertainty where it's like, oh, I could I could make 20 percent or I can make 10 percent or I can make five. percent. it's that hope. And of, but in the end, although it's happened, you know, cycle after cycle after cycle where nobody gets to that, what they think they're going to get. It's it's too late by the time that they really figure it out. Well, unfortunately. And, and what's interesting, like what's interesting about that is, is every individual thinks they're the one that's going to beat the odds. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's true. I mean, because it, statistically. It's very simple to see whether you're going to win or lose. Yep. I, I mean, look at look. At, you, you go to Vegas. Their house is bigger than mine. Yep. Chances are they're winning. But that's the thing is everyone knows. Everyone knows that Wall Street always wins. Everyone knows that Vegas, the yeah. house always wins. I mean, it's exactly. one of those things where you know it should be common knowledge, but it's but it's not. And that's and the evidence is the fact that there's you know tens of trillions of dollars uh, right now they're being basically housed in Wall Street, mm-hmm. being protected underneath this umbrella of trust. Right. This trust relationship. So, right. so anyway, I mean, the, the the market volatility. I would I would say you know it's it's a, it's it's fascinating to me just to kind of see what's going on because, you know, the, there's never been consistency there ever yeah. ever right and yep. and right now it's it's I mean I think we're gonna have a lot of unintended consequences um, of oil the oil prices right now it's like it's like amazing yeah. I'm like wow when when was when was gas Dollar seventy five, yeah, right? And when no you get, kidding. You get credit from you know when you shop somewhere and they have a gas station, you get like mm-hmm. you know get. I, mean, I feel like a dollar ten with premium the other, day. and it was just like wow, like that was like I was in high school. That was like in right. high school last time, and you know it's it's one of those things. But but people are like stoked out of their mind for low prices. But then it's kind of like, yeah. what what's going to happen what the down the road? Exactly because. You know, now you put more control back into you know Saudi Arabia, and now they can control prices. Have, yep. You know the you know OPEC and and the idea behind you know the what's been going on in the U.S. with mm-hmm. you know the the Bakken, uh, which is in North Dakota, and also you know some of the other different oil plays in, in Texas. I mean, it's it's almost wiped out economies, right? Because yeah. there's no new, no new drilling there, and that yeah. lack of you know financial ability to do that. Who knows what's what's going to happen? And yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting to see you know just all of this fluctuation and volatility, but in the end. You know, it's interesting to look at it from, you know, a, uh, an objective standpoint, because I think if you have skin in the game and you're in the soup, then it becomes uh, subjective. Right. Right. Where it, you could lose. Right. And so when you know you could lose, what type of emotion do you start feel, feeling? Uh, fear. Yeah. For one. Dude, totally. It totally is. And I think if you really route all, you know, negative type of emotions, it all comes, it all comes to fear of something that hasn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah. So, so maybe let's kind of sh- shift there. I, I, we're going to talk about negative interest rates with, with Japan. Maybe we'll throw that into the, into the mix. Um, but I'd like to end kind of with the, the personal development side, because mm-hmm. this is something we talk about all the time and, and I'm, I'm not going to stop. I mean, it's one of those oh, things yeah. where, you know, uh, the, the, the people I've seen the, the most successful, all the millionaires and the multi-million, the, the ones that have been the most successful it's it's been because of what they've done, not because Absolutely. of something that's happened outside of them. Right. And you know, it, it all it takes is an idea. All it takes is you know uh, a push in this direction or that direction, mm-hmm. right? So so let's kind of get into this whole idea of personal development as it relates sure. to financial and investing, because in the end, we're not saying that it's a bad thing to look toward the future and say, 
wow, I want that for me in, in the future, mm-hmm. right? I want I want to have a security. I want some certainty. I want to hit right. that need because I know how it's going to make me feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be afraid. That's really what the driving force is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So to push for that, sometimes it's like, well, I need I need double digits to do that. I need to earn 15, 20% in the market every single year for the next 30 years to hit that. And it's like, eh. Right. You don't need to do it. There's other ways to do that. So looking at Most kind definitely. of the personal development side, I mean, with some of the recent experiences that you've had, like how has the idea behind, because you've gone, I mean, dude, you've you've gone through hell and back, you know, almost mm-hmm. literally. Sure. Um, because of, you know, your, your uh, because uh, of cancer and, and chemo and having uh-huh. a, 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 a bone marrow transplant. I mean, you went through, it was crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now and now you're here just, you know, yep. healthy. And, and so it's, it's you've gone through such an amazing transition uh, but you're still, you know, I'm sure you learned a ton mm-hmm. from that, sure. right? But look at, you know, now where you're at and some of the mo- more recent personal development stuff you've gone through. I mean, what what is, what's continuing to change inside of you now? You know, uh, Patrick, you know, just just trying to dive, uh, dig down deeper, uh, be more accountable for, for my actions. Um, you know, uh, every, everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and every, every action has a, has a, reaction there's a reaction um and and so knowing that it's you know i'm going to look within myself and see and see how i can personally develop and in every in every area of my life uh you know my relationship with my family my relationship with my with with clients and customers that we that we work with Mm -hmm. uh relationships here at work and and interaction with with individuals here and then and then also uh uh, continually changing my ideals about uh, about abundance Mm -hmm. And in, in, uh, there again, in every aspect of my life, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with accountability, mm-hmm. and 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 showing up as you know in, in different ways to 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 produce different results. Yeah. Well, I think I look at you know I, sometimes I look at life, and this sounds so stupid, but uh, like Mario Brothers, like Super Mario Brothers. Sure. You're, we're, you're how old are you again? Uh, Thirty-eight. Okay, so we're almost the same age. So yeah, that's, I mean, grew up on it. Yeah, and you're going from level to level, uh-huh. right? And you're like, you're always there's no. Is it was there an end to that? Yeah, there was an end. But it, it's kind of like you know, you look at gaming and why people want to get to the next level and to the next mm-hmm. level and the next level and the next level. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember we did an episode a few years ago where there was this app that that. Uh, it was it was similar to the the was it wild birds or crazy birds or crazy yes. what's it called? Uh, f- was it flappy birds? Flappy or? birds or something I, like I that. Know. But there's this game where they, they there weren't any more levels and people like started to lose their mind. Yeah. Because there weren't any more levels. They wanted more levels. So I look at you know you know life sometimes and you, and you you're you're at a certain level right now and that's the way that it is. But it doesn't mean there's not more levels. Right. right? And there's always ways to progress. Always ways to to do more. Mm-hmm. Um. So what do you you know. So, so why don't people view the world that way? And why do why do they get, they get stuck in certain positions? Or like, eh, or I can't do that, or that's not possible, or I, you know, what, like, what's the what do you think the cause of that is? To this is my my opinion, but uh, to me it's a to me it's a pleasure and pain thing. It comes down to pleasure and pain. If if somebody is is uh, satisfied with where they're at, they're comfortable with where they're at. They see they see change as a, as a painful event. Mm-hmm. And and they're not willing to go through the change, even though even though there might be something better on the other side. Yeah. They they're they're um, they're complacent and they're they're fine with what they've got. Mm-hmm. And, and for those who who are continually uh, looking to improve their lives, whether through personal development or or uh, business relationships, anything mm-hmm. like that, uh, I mean, you you know better than most. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about getting yourself out there. It's about getting out of your comfort zone. 
So and, why don't and people... experiencing the, the, the pain of, of being out of your comfort zone in order to expand your horizons. Okay, so because you're right. So looking at these these comfort zones, and I guess I think everybody in a sense is in them. Oh, yeah. Right? It's just it's just a matter of degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is, so it's the pleasure, and I agree with the pleasure and pain, but what are, what's some, what are some of the final things that push you to change or to step out of that zone and get to the next level? Like what's pushing you? Because it's kind of like you're in the video game and you start it. So you can't go back. You can't go. Right. To, you can't go to like the menu, mm-hmm. right? You're you're there. You're or the home screen. You're there. You're, you're in. It started, yeah. right? Clock's ticking, right? Yeah. So we're in it. So it's kind of like what are what are those final things that push you to move? Um, motivation to improve. Motivation to 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 reach higher levels. So where, where, do you, where does that motive like? Where, but where does that motivation come from? Like, why would I be motivated to? Why don't I just sit there and the you know the Super Mario <laughs> World? Dun, 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 oh, dun. You know, just sits there. Like, what like what is what would make what would compel me to do that? Uh, boy, I, I would imagine it's probably, I would imagine it's probably born into it. You know, something that something that we inherently have as as human beings, and yeah, well, I uh, think continual progression is is kind of by nature. Yeah. Well, it's one of those other. So you hit the nail on the head because there's other. You know, again, it, com- it comes down to these this these I you know the the thing I've been on recently, which is these needs, right? There's mm-hmm. these various human needs that people have. Sure. And you know, one of them's growth. One right? of them is growth. Yeah. And it's. That is going, you know, it may not be right now. Maybe you don't want to grow right now. Maybe you you are happy, mm-hmm. and and that's fine, right? It doesn't mean that you're complacent. You're you're just where you're at, and that's that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But you can't be there for forever, right? And that's that's a kind of against that that law of, of growth, which is yeah. kind of a law of nature in a sense. But the idea behind growth is, you know, you do have to step outside of your com- uh, comfort zone. Absolutely, do something, do something different, do something that's more more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what would so as you've been kind of going through and and. Uh, all of your events, like what is what are what have been some of the things that have pushed you into that next realm, pushed you into those those new zones? Oh, let's see. Jeez, I think I think just a you know a per- personal desire to uh, just uh, I I just have a it feels like a never ending burning fire to to progress, um, to to reach new heights, to experience, um, you know. A, a greater, greater experience in life. Um, so, so one, I guess one of the, and this is, this is, this is maybe me, but I think a big part of, of where we wind up is, is associated with, uh, with our peer groups. Yeah. Right. And it's definitely. who we, it's who we hang out with. It's who our community is. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, you look at that and I don't, I don't know how the, you know, the, the psychology behind it, but I look at, you know, we're, the events you go to or, you know, what you do in your, in your spare time, like where, mm-hmm. where, where you're at and you look at really kind of where you define your different levels, right. Or your mm-hmm. different zones. Uh, I think it's, it's not defined by, by you necessarily. I think it's de- defined by your environment. Yeah. Right. Most definitely. And, and so looking at, you know, one of the best ways to, to progress, it's really getting amongst peers that are, are, you know, not, I don't know, superior, inferior, but peers that are are pushing you yeah that are challenging you you. they're challenging you or it it naturally becomes a challenge because they're in your circle of influence Mm -hmm. right so that's one of the ways to to do it and going to you know personal development courses going to the the Tony Robbins thing was my first time you know with exposure to that was nuts I mean it was it was insane it was insane I mean it was I want to go to a few other ones but it was just like that it was so bizarre like if any you know if my like you know my neighbor saw me there or mm-hmm. saw what I was doing like jumping up and down and screaming and sure. singing stuff, <laughs> I mean like, people think you're crazy, right? Yeah. But when you're amongst those you know those type of peers, they're all doing it too. So it kind of brings you outside of that comfort zone yeah. and, and it stretches you. Yeah, uh, it, but it, in, it yeah. makes it, it makes it okay to it makes it okay to expand your horizons and and, and to uh, to spread your wings. Yeah. 
And I think you know you Push look at and you look at the financial side. I mean, obviously, this we're we're talking about wealth, but you know, true true wealth isn't necessarily just the the financial side. True wealth is you know it's it's a it's a balanced aspect of your aspects of all all parts of your life, mm-hmm. right? Which we're always trying to kind of keep in you know keep in balance. Um, but in the end, most people associate the proper balance with money, right? And so that's yeah. where that's what attracts people to to uh, programs such as this. But we're trying to pull away and saying, listen, you can. It's it's the idea, I guess. If you were to nutshell our our process and our philosophy, it's really creating certainty around your financial situation, which mm-hmm. gives you permission to be uncertain. Right. And the because uncertainty, I think, is a big driver for for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I I just I look at everything um, as as an opportunity. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're in an industry, the financial services industry, is it's like you know it's so ripe. It's like the perfect apple. Or I grew up in the in the Northeast, right? Mm-hmm. And we used to go up to these apple orchards, and my, man, like I used to get sick every time I went up there. <laughs> but it, the, it's just the perfect apple, or the apple cider. It's it's one of those things where right now I think financial services is ripe for disruption, right? Because of stuff stuff we were talking about today. Yeah. Right. You look at the post office, and they're gonna mess things up, right? You look at yep. Wall Street; they screwed things up. Yep. You look at the banking industry. Look at the financial sector. I mean, they're just so bloated with with debt and. You know, and it continues on. A lot of the behavior that was taking place, you know, in 2008, 2009 is happening. It's happening again. Yeah. So it's like, it's mind boggling. But looking at, you know, just human nature, although I think in certain respects we've, we've taken, step back, taken steps back, mm-hmm. also I think with a lot of these challenges, we'll hopefully take uh, steps forward. Because, you know, and I'm not going to get it, we won't get into like the debt nature of the economy and how the economy all works on pure debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now there's signs of countries that are, you know, are influential to the U.S. like Japan, yeah. right? That are getting into these very, you know, unique areas that have never existed before, which are negative yeah. interest rate areas, and on a large scale. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's it's interesting to see what's what's going to happen. And most people might get afraid. Most people are like, oh my gosh, my my retirement's going to crash, and I'm going. But in the end, it's it's one of those things where there's all there's always opportunity. Life's always going to bring you opportunities. And one of the words you used is is this idea of abundance. And I think in our circles, it, it, that word kind of becomes cliche to to an extent. Mm-hmm. But I think if you really looked at life and look at you know what opportunity we have, it's it's limitless, right? We it, can do really, we anything can be created, right? An idea yep. can turn into something physical. It, it's been proven time and time and time again. We're seeing tons of technology. And I would say, you know, to, to take advantage of this amazing experience, I mean, what would you say are some of the, the first things someone can do? Because everyone's different, yeah. right? But looking at, like, where to start or what to read or what to do, like, what are some of the things that you would recommend that have helped you? So, uh, you know, first of all, take a step back, pull yourself out of it a little bit, and just take a look at where, where are you, what are you interested in? Where, where, do, your, where do your interests lie? And then, and, then, and then I would say go get some education around it. Uh, to me, that's the that's the biggest uh, the biggest investment you can make is yeah. is, is uh, an investment in education around whatever it is that you're going to look at. Because I think far too many people these days settle for professions yeah. or jobs m- merely because of the financial, yeah. right? And they find themselves burnt out very quickly because sure. there's only one thing that's driving them, right. right? But if you have more than one aspect of you that's driving it, which is your interest, you would do it whether you were paid or not, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, or there's an element of that. Then that is, I think that's a sign. Uh, yep. But you're right. The education, on there's always a way to turn your passions into you know something that can be monetized, mm-hmm. right? And it's literally, it's literally anything. I remember when, we were, so I was at an event once, and there was a guy up there, and it was a lot. It was, he was some famous you know marketing guy, 
Um, but he was, he had a whole line of people and Mm -hmm. people were, and it was all marketing ideas. Like, okay, this is my business. What do I do? And he was just coming up with all sorts of random stuff. Yeah. Like do this. So the idea is it's like, if you don't know what to do, right. Then once you go out and you start networking and and getting to know people and going to different events, though, that puts you in the position of having the ideas, having the thoughts that you don't have right now. Because simply because you don't know, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Well, and and the other thing too is, is. Uh, by standing by by staying where you're at, not knowing what to do, out of fear of uh, failure or or um, you know maybe it's not the right thing, just the unsurety thing. Man, if, if just start moving forward, mm-hmm. start moving forward and see what develops. Uh, see who you network with, see who you come in contact with, and what ideas you what idea, what ideas come up. Yep. And chances are you'll you'll end up finding what. What it is that you are passionate may about. Take you a bun- maybe take you some time, but it's it's totally it's totally worth it. So I, I guess sure. in the end, you know, looking at what we're trying to get across today is, you know, more talking about investment in market events and really some of the concerns that are on most people's mind and figuring mm-hmm. out what to do. Um, and the thing is, it's it's not a cookie cutter solution no. to everybody. But in the end, the more volatility, the more opportunity. Yeah. Okay? And looking at life, that that degree of uncertainty, you can meet that need without having to risk your assets, without having to risk your your hard-earned savings. You mm-hmm. can meet that need with other things, right? Yep. Learning to, to figure out maybe a side profession or learning how to get another position. Or learn. There's so many things you can do to you know put yourself in the position of creating more value for people. Absolutely. Okay, it's been proven time and time again, and you can do it too. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we got a couple couple minutes left. Let's let's uh let's go through. One, I'll talk about the guests for next week, but uh, but yeah, it was awesome. Thank, no, I appreciate it, man. This was this was fun. I appreciate it was good, you having it was good, me on. It's good talking to you. And uh, so I'll go to go to our website. We have a bunch of resources on our resources page, paradigmlife.net, um, and also the Wealth Standard Radio. I'll put some show notes in there as well as uh, uh, a link to Simon's blog. Uh, so you can check out Simon Black. He also has a free newsletter. He sends some kind of cool stuff out there every once in a while. So so definitely subscribe to that. It's free. Um, and then uh, next week, our our guest next week is the one, the only, Barry James Dyke. <laughs> you know Barry, right? Yes. So it it was cool. I I uh, I I talked with Barry. You know, it was like right when I first started getting you know getting into all this. So mm-hmm. fascinating guy. He is like the research czar. Yeah. He's it's crazy. Like I was looking at his book, and it was like a third research. Letters after letters after letters after proof after proof after proof. So it's it's fascinating. So he has a new book out uh, that most people do not know about, but it's called uh, Guaranteed Income. Really? Right. So uh, fascinating book, and uh, it's not it's not as long as the other ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he did start to you know in in the second book he wrote, which was uh, Highway to Serfdom, the Pirates of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he started to allude to to what this book is about, but uh, he came out with another one, and uh, he has some really cool endorsements, and awesome. uh, he also. We talked a little bit about uh, his experiences the last few years trying to get uh, get his uh, get his message out. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Barry is on uh, for next week, so make sure uh, make sure you tune in. All right, that's all for us uh, today. If you uh, want to learn more about Paradigm Life, go visit our website. Uh, also, uh, you can visit the Wall Standard Radio for past episodes. But thank you so much uh, for listening uh, listening this week, and we will uh, will be back next week with. Uh, actually, you know what? I think we're going to do another one next week. But we'll we'll see, because I'm gonna I, I'm leaving leaving out of town. And we're gonna do one where I'm going, a secret location. Mm. So maybe we'll do that next week. I don't know. I can't remember. All right. <laughs> anyway, tune in regardless. It's gonna be new. It's gonna be awesome. Thanks everybody. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial.